It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you're dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to a snowy Monday edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jeff Fiegel's with you. The phone number is 973 1960. If you want to touch us on Twitter, you can hit us up at our individual accounts at Schmelk, at Jay Fiegels, or you can send in your comments or questions to hashtag Giants Chat. Of course, Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery, the new X series of scratch offs from the New York Lottery. Multiply your winnings up to 100 times. Please play responsibly. And of course, as part of the Giants Podcast Network, presented by Investors Bank, you'll find the archive of this show and all of our podcasts at giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Jeff Eagles, have you been out shoveling yet today, sir? Mm-hmm. I've, I've did uh, pass number one. Probably around 9.30 this morning. I'd wanted to get a little head start on it. Uh, so and yeah. now, I'm, now I'm looking out going, I'm glad I did because it's <laughs> you can't even tell that I did it. Yeah, it looks bad. Um, last night uh, we did like, we got like an inch and a half off the ground just because we, we were like, mm-hmm. we, we, we had energy. So like, what the heck, let's do it. And then around, I got up early today. I decided to do a uh, Matt Miller interview, which is up on the Giants Huddle podcast. We talked draft stuff. You guys can go check that out. That was at 9. So I was up at 7.30 doing uh the walk and that was probably about six inches there's probably another four or five out there already at least yeah so yeah it's uh, at, at least two more passes now i'm <laughs> old school i don't have the snowblower i just mm-hmm. do the shoveling which is probably not smart but that's what i do <laughs> yeah. so we'll be well. out there a couple more times and of course daycare is closed because of the weather so we have clara home with us on top of that so it's been an interesting day, needless to say. She's probably dying to get out in the snow. Uh, no? She went out in the morning for a little bit. Uh, then she said, Daddy, I'm too cold. So we came in, and be, there's been a, between me having to work and doing the Miller interview and my wife having to work remotely, yeah. it's been a lot of TV today for the, <laughs> for the toddler, which we try yeah. to avoid. But on days like today, there really isn't much of a choice. And then when she gets up from her nap, my, most of my afternoon will probably be out there in the snow. So that'll mm. be fun. Well, it's supposed to get heavier, like, around 2 o'clock. Yeah, so. I think this is supposed to be, like, the heaviest bands coming through, right? Something mm-hmm. like 2 to 4 inches an it's hour or something like that. Out. It is coming down We're in, here in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Anyway. Let's, yeah. Let's, Anyways. Let's get to the Senior Bowl here, Jeff. It took place on Saturday, and we are going to touch on the Matthew Stafford news. And, of course, take your calls at 973-667-1960. And, you know, the game to me isn't as valuable as, as what you see from practice during the week. So I yeah. will point that out right off the bat. <clears throat> And, and But to me, what I get out of this again is that college football is once again sent up to the NFL level a bunch of wide receivers, most of which are like, you know, between 5'9 and 5'11 and 180, 190 pounds <laughs> that are really tough to cover in space and are primary slot receivers, but know how to get open. And there is a lot of these guys coming out in the draft. It might be tougher to find a bigger wide receiver. But those are most of the guys that the Giants will have to take a look at when they decide what wide receiver to select in the draft this year. Yeah, and we've talked about it as far as, you know, what's your motivation of trying to find one of those guys. But you mentioned it, John. A lot of these guys are slot receivers. The Giants don't need a slot receiver. Um, they need a big guy. And, I mean, it doesn't, no, have, then, to be, I, I, it doesn't I, have to be a big guy, but it has to be, a, you know, somebody that can play outside so, a little bit Someone more. that's yeah. – I would say someone that is not under 5'11", I would think would be. Because yeah. look, because look. Okay. Oh, Here's how we look at it, Jeff. Odo Beckham Jr. was basically 5'11 or 6 foot, right? Yeah. He was somewhere in that area. That's fine if That's you're a good enough receiver. But they can't be bringing out some 5'9 guy. Yeah. No, exactly. And I think they got enough of those guys. So, you know, looking at that, I think that you're right about the, the wide receivers. I think there was plenty of them. Um, I agree with you that the game is just kind of a, is just a byproduct of the whole week. I think the most important thing is during the week of practice um, when these coaches can get to see these guys and get to know them a little bit. And it's exciting. You know, they, they got practices, they got the interviews, they got meetings, you know, all that stuff comes to an end. And then all of a sudden you have the game. And then what happens with the game is you can't play everybody. There's a lot of guys there. And if you looked at the game the other day, I was, I was kind of hoping to see some of these guys that we had talked about and some of the articles that I read about some of the sleepers. You know, some of them didn't really get in the game all that much to be able to watch them. But I think that the coaches and the, uh, the NFL and the scouts and those guys, they got enough out of the stuff during the week. Um, I think you've, you've learned a little bit about the offensive line. 
Um, I don't know if it's real, real deep, as a lot of people may have thought or may not have thought, but, you know, they were okay. I think the main guy stood out that we thought that would be there. Um, you know, offensively, other quarterbacks was horrible. Um, I didn't see anybody there that I would be really excited about. Well, um, and I should point out, that's because Mac Jones did not play in the game yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. Correct. And I was really hoping to be able to see him because I think he's the one guy that has the chance to – and we talked about this uh, last week about Mac Jones, where will he fall? Will he be a first or, or will he a high second? I don't know. But uh, it was a shame that he had – he hurt his ankle, I think it was, wasn't it, John? Yeah, Did you yeah. Say? yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think defensively, um, edge rushers, um, you know, I think the – from from the University of Miami, uh, you know, there was a couple guys there that played very well. Yeah, and, Roach looked good at, at edge, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and the other guy, Rousseau, is that how you say his name? Um, yeah, he, was, he wasn't at the game. But obviously. I'm saying he's but he's a guy that, that is, is pretty, pretty, you know, touted to, to yep. be up there, too. So two defensive uh, linemen from the University of Miami, and one of them sat out. So I think that the, the defensive line showed that they were had a little bit of the edge rushers did well. Yeah, it's funny. Talking to Matt Miller this morning, we talked about the mm-hmm. edge rushers a little bit, Jeff, and he basically said it's actually a fairly deep class, mm-hmm. um, but when you get past that first group, and that's kind of the Rousseau, Quiddy Pay. And he yeah, had one pay, yep. from Michigan, yep. and he had one of the guys in the group. I don't remember who the third guy was. Jason Owa from Penn State. Yeah, yeah maybe it was him. But so once you get by that first group, he said, look, there's a pretty big drop-off. So he said the trick is if you want to get one of these edge rushers early, you either pick one of those other guys at 11 or trade down a little bit or pick them. But he doesn't think one of those first-tier guys is going to be available when the Giants pick at 43. So that's going to be part of the – uh, mm, construction gotcha. here yeah. when the Giants decide how they want to approach this draft from a strategic standpoint. Well, it is interesting you say strategic standpoint. And I think that a lot of us are, are probably on the same page as wanting a wide receiver. I mean, we identified the three neat areas, in our opinion, the wide receiver, the edge rusher, and a cornerback. But, you know, we don't know which way the organization is going to go. Maybe, maybe um, Dave Gettleman is kind of secretly wanting an edge rusher other than a wide receiver. And in that case, at 11, you could probably get one of these guys there. You right. Know, so, um, but if not, then you're probably out of luck by the time you get to that 43rd pick, as you say. Well, it all depends who's there at wide receiver, too, right? I mean, if you're looking at well, 11, but those top three guys are gone and mm-hmm. Pitts is gone, there's probably no one there that's worth picking you at 11. You feel like taking at 11. Right. Yeah. So then, yeah. you know, you're just going to wait till 43 at that point, and you're still going to get a pretty darn good player. But there's no one at 11, if one of those top four guys isn't there, that's going to be significantly better than the guys that are sitting there at 43, which is kind of what the whole trick is here, right? So yeah. if yeah. 11's a little overpriced for the edge guys, and if those top four playmakers are gone – it's overpriced for the wide receivers that are left. Then do you go corner? So these are the type of things we'll be talking about over the course of, of the year. Yep, and I think that, um, and we'll get to this in a second, you know, the landscape of the NFL as we move closer to draft day, um, free agency first, obviously, but, you know, the landscape will change. I mean, so all of a sudden now, maybe there's a team in there that we think is going to need a quarterback and they go trade for somebody. And now that position is taken, is no longer there. So now somebody else jumps into another quarterback. So it's, it's kind of a juggling act until we finally get closer and closer to the draft where we now understand where these teams are going to slot to pick these players. Of course, by that time, we'll have mock draft 55, huh. and we'll begin to understand it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, So I think that as we get closer to the draft, we'll understand really what the Giants will, one, have available to them possibly, and number two, maybe we get a little inkling about where the Giants are going to go with that 11th pick. Yeah, and look, we saw some pretty good edge rushers at the Combine. You had the two Notre Dame guys, um, Kayla Dalen Hayes, and then uh, the other one, and I will try not to butcher this, Adi Agundeje at a Notre Dame, which, which, I, th- which, which I think I got. Uh, you had a couple good uh, defensive tackles I thought looked good. Uh, you had the um, o- uh, o- Odigizua's brother, Osa Odigizua. Mm-hmm. He had a nice week. Um, Levi Anwuzariki, uh, he had a nice week out of Washington. Uh, they really got these names just for Feagles to try to pronounce these guys' names <laughs> over the course of the draft it. season. No question about it. So th- there were some guys there that are that, that you like, but I, I don't know if those are top 40 guys or, or top 50 guys, but they're guys that maybe, you know, I think the Washington kid might be, but the other ones that's probably more of a, you know, kind of the same area Julian O'Quar got picked last year at a Notre Dame, more in that second group. Uh, the corner class there wasn't great. Um, Aaron Robinson was one. Uh, but he measured with only 30-inch arms, Jeff. And as you know, with these measurements, 30-inch <laughs> arms, you might as well be like a Tyrannosaurus Rex with, with, 
with 30 inch arms. So it'll be interesting how, how teams uh, judge him going forward. Um, I thought the linebackers, I thought there was some interesting guys. Chaz Surratt out of North Carolina. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, Jeff. He, he got recruited to North Carolina as a left-handed quarterback, played there for two years. Then he moved to linebacker. Hmm. He's kind hmm. of the opposite of Sam Darnold. Right? Sam Darnold went from linebacker to quarterback. Surratt went from quarterback to linebacker. His first year in middle linebacker, he led the team in tackles. So he's a guy that's a really good athlete. He's just on the smaller side. Uh, the kid out of LSU, Jabril Cox, he's one of these kind of hybrid safety linebacker coverage guys that some people think might jump into that back end of the first round. So he's another guy that I thought was of some interest out there. Here's a guy that if the Giants want to add a tight end, but they don't want to use a, a, a top pick on them, Jeff, who I really like. Mm-hmm. Trey McKitty out of Georgia. He's a guy that over the course of the week looked pretty smooth. He made a couple one-handed catches in traffic. He made some really tough catches. You know, I thought he was a guy. He only had six catches for Georgia last year because Georgia doesn't throw to their tight ends. They just right. don't. He yeah. had something like he was a one-year transfer. I forget who he played with the year before. He had like 20-something catches. But he's a guy that I think could be a mid-round pick that maybe has the tools to be a better receiver than maybe his numbers showed. And I'm not going to throw out the George Kittle comparison because that's not fair to anybody. But maybe he's a guy that can give you some value coming out. He's thought of as a blocker but has the tools of a receiver that his college teams maybe just didn't use as much as they could have. Yeah, and I think it's always interesting that tight end position. I think that's kind of, uh, you know, it's one where I think it gets better as you go. I think that these guys, all of a sudden, they get they get into these these combines, they get into these practices, pro days, and the senior bowl, and you know they may not they may not play in a system like you said, John, that that really shows or, or showcases their talent um, until they get to these to these uh, con- to the you know the scouting stuff, and then all of a sudden now they get in these games, and these guys are like, hey man, we can slot this guy into our our personnel packages. We like this guy, so that's interesting to me because we know the tight end position is a very difficult one to play. Oh yeah. It, and you got to understand that you you got to know all the all the positions and you know there's just a lot to learn and then there's a lot that comes with that position. You got to be able to block. You got to be able to catch. You know, so there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So I think that's an intriguing position. Every year it comes out that there's probably a couple guys in there. Last year's draft for tight ends was amazing. I mean, I don't know if we'll see that type of a of a of a draft again at the tight end position for a while. But certainly every year there's some guys that come out that we think that hey, you got a shot in the NFL and maybe you didn't do so well in in college, but you got a shot at the at the next level. All right, let's move on here, Jeff. Talk a little bit about everything else going around the NFL. Unless there's something else from the Senior Bowl that you want to bring up that we haven't touched on. No, I thought. In, in fact, I, I I thought I was pretty impressed to, from start to finish with how this went this week. Because, oh yeah. You know, By the no, way, give, give Jim Nagy a lot of credit for, oh for, my for God. pulling this game Heck off. Yeah. Holy cow! I mean, and and the coverage you know, and everything went well, and there was nothing that we read about, or at least I didn't, that you know, kind of backfired him on uh, all week. It was just a really good thing. I think the weather turned out to be okay. I think there wasn't a lot of injuries, um, big injuries. You know, you hate to see that happen at, at one of these games, but. I think they came out of this uh, uh, under the under the restrictions that they had. They came out very, very good. And frankly, they needed it. I mean, the, this is like going to be the one time you can get sure. face-to-face time with these prospects for NFL scouts. They weren't on campus to see him face-to-face this year. They're not going to have the combine to see him face-to-face this year. Yeah. So this is really going to be their only shot, which is, you know, yeah. people talk about how the draft's going to be different this year. To me, and, and Matt Miller and I had this discussion too on, on, on the Huddle podcast, Teams are not going to take chances on off-the-field stuff this year. If they're maybe not sure about a guy's mental makeup and personality and character, since they don't have the, that, you know, the, the boots on the ground and, and mm-hmm. these extra face-to-face time, that's going to be a really, really difficult trigger to pull if you're thinking about taking one of those guys. Yeah, and I think you guys hit it. I was reading uh, on the Giants.com website. I think it was you, Dan, and, and Lance were discussing just that, just that topic about you know, how important it is that – you know, these guys are, you know, there's not a lot of information on them this year. So, you know, a thing like the Senior Bowl, and there's not a lot to go from. So, you know, they're really going to have to go with what they see on tape and, and what they hear. But that's, they're not going to take a chance on a lot of people, like you said. They are not. 973-667-1960. Limited Giants season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. And while you're there, heck, maybe you want to check out a Giants suite. 
Don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant Games or world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giant Suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. The phone number is the same, 888-NYG-1925, or visit Giants.com suites for more information. And I believe I do the prompts on those uh, phone numbers, so if you just want to hear more from me, then you can call those numbers and hear me say, for suites, press 2. For <laughs> tickets, press 3. Or whatever nice. the numbers happen to be. Anyway, nine seven three six six seven nineteen six. You're the prompt guy. I am the prompt guy. Well, I think they want a Bob Papa to do it. He's like, no, nah, I'm not wasting my time on that. <laughs> Make Schmelk do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they would have the Tino do it, but he just got too excited. He would so, have been really excited about. If you prompting. want tickets like me, all the tickets press number press four. Press one now. Yes. <laughs> Talk anyway. about getting excited about prompting. <laughs> That's a whole other show in itself. I I, I keep getting distracted here. Uh, The Matthew Stafford trade, Jeff, very interesting. I want to make sure I get the parameters exactly right. But uh, the basics of this trade, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, uh, Tom Pelissaro, everybody had this this over the weekend. So I just want to make sure uh, I get this trade exactly right here. So Jared Goff getting traded from the Los Angeles Rams to the Detroit Lions. And in return... The Rams are getting one thing. Matthew Stafford. The <laughs> Lions it. are getting a whole two, lot of stuff. Exactly. Two first round picks, a third round pick. And of course, NFL.com is the automatic video when I open it, if that's what you're hearing. Uh, the, <laughs> the Lions are getting two first round picks. Not this year's Rams pick, mind you, because they had already traded that previously. Yeah, they didn't have one. <laughs> so the, they're 2022 and 2023 first round picks and a third round pick. And I'll throw this in there too. Third round for this. The third round is this year's pick. Yes, that's correct. And I'll throw this in there too, Jeff, that a big reason I think the return was so large, the Lions are absorbing the nearly $50 million of guaranteed money, guaranteed money Mm -hmm. that is on Jared Goff's contract for the next two years. And my quick take before I get yours here, Jeff, is that there are three parts to this. Number one, the Rams determined that they could not win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff as their quarterback. Mm -hmm. That was number one. Once they decided that, they said, okay, well, what do we do? Well, we can't cut Jared Goff because it's going to absolutely destroy our salary cap. Okay, so the only way we can then afford, because they're right up against the cap, much like a lot of other NFL teams, we have to figure out a way to trade Jared Goff. Well, how do we get a team to take Jared Goff with the cap being so low next year, no one's going to want to take money on? Okay, well, then the only way we can do this is if we trade him for another large salaried player. Well, then, ooh, maybe that's how we get our quarterback. So the Lions have basically said they're going to start a long-term rebuilding process here, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't mind carrying some extra money for a couple of years, with a quarterback like Goff, it takes some pressure off. Maybe you don't have to draft a quarterback right away now. I still think they might because they're picking the top 10. But okay, we'll take on this extra money. But if you want us to pay this guy and take him on, then you have to give us a little bit more. you got to sweeten the pot for us a little bit here. So some people might think, oh, well, the Lions got a quarterback back. That's, that's really good for them. That was almost a distressed negative asset. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like the NBA, right, where an NBA team has to pay another team to take on a contract they don't want. To me, that's kind of what happened here with this trade. So if the Rams win a Super Bowl, the trade works out for them. I do think Matthew Stafford is a legitimate upgrade from Goff. No question. I think he's a much better player. He can create more when the play doesn't work out. Got a better arm. He's more mobile. All those things. Then it's great. If it doesn't, that franchise will be in trouble for a long time because they they just keep trading away first-round picks. And for the Lions, it's a great way to start what they're considering a very long-term rebuild. So I understand the trade from both teams' perspectives. 100%. And Matthew Stafford gives the Rams a much higher floor. I mean, I I feel like he's a guy that we know he can throw the long ball, which is something that Goff couldn't do. And I think that McVay understands that this guy can take him to the next level. Now, if he doesn't, like you said, they're, they're in trouble. They're in big trouble. Um, <laughs> they really are. But, but I feel like that, that he has uh, the tools around him. I think he has the coaching around him for sure. And I think McVay has got himself a little bit of a puppet now. I mean, the guy that he's going to be able to plug and play here. So, and then with the Lions. Well, let, Jeff, by the way, with the Rams, just really quickly, they have an elite defense. They have yeah. the top defense yeah. in football. So Absolutely. If they, they lost can, their coach. Right. If they, that's true. If they could figure out a way to massage this cap to keep that defense together, but then yeah. get the offense back into the top 10, then 
legitimately, that's a Super Bowl contender right there. It is. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, on the Lions side, John, I think you made a great point, and that is that the Lions are getting a quarterback who is serviceable, right? He's a good quarterback. He's not Matthew Stafford. But the giant, the, the Lions do not need, uh, you know, a guy like uh, Deshaun Watson or something. They're going to rebuild their program. And in the meantime, they, they picked up some number ones, um, and now they have a quarterback that will get them through. Um, but, you know, I feel like, you know, Holmes knows the, the, the new GM. He knows golf. So I feel like, and it was a perfect storm for him, when, in my opinion, when you really look at the back door, the back side of this whole thing, you knew for a fact that, you know, you look at the, you look at the, uh, the history behind um, the Rams and Jared Goff. I mean, you look at what happened when, when, when they drafted him. Holmes was there, Brad Holmes. So Brad Holmes has been with the Rams. Brad Holmes knows Sean McVay. Brad Holmes knows uh, Jared Goff. So behind the scenes, he knew exactly what was going on there. So now he moves over here, and I think, I think this is how this all went down because there was other teams involved in this. There was other teams calling the Lions. Yeah, I think there were reports of, what, six other there trade was a offers bunch or something. Of them. And there by the way, a, there should be. That 100%. Yeah, Washington, Carolina, um, you know, so just to name a few. But I think that Brad Holmes, he was a smart guy. He was like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is going to work because I know what McVay wants. He doesn't want – he does not want golf, but he'll take Matthew Stafford in a minute. And what can I get from him? I basically can go raid the cupboard from him. He's not going to care. He just wants a quarterback that can try to win. So I think it works. You know, they got a new coach in the Lions, um, and I feel like they're just, you know, this is a better play for them. So who gets the better grade here, John? The Rams or the Lions? I give it to the Lions. I give it to the Lions, too. Yeah. Because the Rams, if they don't win at all, or at least, look – Get to a Super Bowl, get to an NFC Championship game. They need to kind of look. You can lose any one game at any time. So if the Rams go like thirteen and three last next year and lose in the NFC Championship game, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to call it a successful trade for them. You know, because they put themselves in position to win. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I do 100%. But you already said it before. you got to be able to be creative to keep that defense somewhat together. Yeah, yeah. Because if you lose that defense, I mean, uh, it's it, that could be a, a huge yeah, thing for them. I think Leonard Floyd and Adamican Sue are both on one-year deals, no, if I'm not mistaken? I think. I, I could don't be know. wrong. I'll check yeah, that. Yeah. I do know this, though. Um, the Lions have the number seven pick in this year's draft. Do you think okay. they go quarterback? I, it just depends if they're there. I mean, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, they I, might, th those guys, you know, do they, so would they be available at pick seven? And then I would maybe? say either one of those guys or Trey Lance, I think one of those three would be there or Mac Jones, if you want to, you know, get really excited. And, you know, we don't know about um, Kenny Galladay. Are they going to franchise him? Or are they going to re they're going to sign him? He's yeah, a, you know, question. he's a, so, you know, they got some players over there. They got or, running back, they had DeAndre Swift. Or if okay. they really, Jeff, want to go rebuild, do they franchise Galladay and then trade him? Oh, now you're talking like really basketball stuff. You know what I mean? Not, you know what, though? <laughs> if you want to, if another team is in desperate need for a wide receiver, you know, I'm not saying, you know, yeah. well. get like a top 10 pick or a one and a two back for him, but wouldn't you rather franchise Galladay, trade him for like a second round pick, than lose him for nothing? I certainly would. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. And you also get a comp compensatory pick too, by the way, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, and here's the other thing. I feel like, you know, the Lions, they can they can really benefit from this more. They can build the build the team. You know, they know that they're going to have to compete with the Bears. They're going to have to keep compete with, with Green Bay eventually. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll really be interesting. But this is the start of it. We talked about this last week about how many different quarterbacks might be changing teams and how many more teams, how many teams might have different quarterbacks this year. This is just a trickle down effect, in my opinion. It's going to start. The other thing that kind of caught my eye, and I didn't really, I, I, I get it, but it's just kind of something you don't really think about, is this trade um, will not go down in the books until the league year starts in March. <laughs> so, you know, he's officially, I guess, they traded, but he's really not on the team until it happens, right? Yeah, I guess that is true, and I'm not exactly sure why that's that's the I, case necessarily, but yes. Is it because we're just still in the same season right now? Um, the deal won't go into effect here, I'm reading it, until the new NFL year starts on March 17th. 
but it sets an early tone for a sweeping quarterbacks change across the league, which we just talked about. There's yeah. going to be a lot. Leonard be- Floyd and safety John Johnson and cornerback Troy Hill, all free agents uh, for the Rams. And I think Indominic and Sue is too. I can't find his contract on the books for them uh, this year. So uh, the Rams will have to do some you know, fancy balancing here to try to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, interesting. And um, it worked for both teams. They got what they wanted. And now we'll see about the Rams and see how they can do this. But I'm interested more to see how the Rams played out this than the Lions because the Lions are, you know, they just got a lot of rebuilding to do. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Giant fans get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with the Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts to the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants member FDIC. Folks, just want to let you know, we do have a caller on the air, and here's the deal in the offseason. Just want to remind everybody, uh, we do not have a call screen on what I'm hosting, so you're just going to get put on hold. You're going to get put basically on the air with your level down, and you're going to hear us through the phone. You'll be the only caller on hold, so we're going to go to you and ask you your name, where you're calling from. Just tell us. You're the only one on the line, so don't expect to click or anything like that. We're going to get right to you. We only have one line, so if you're calling up and it's busy, just keep trying. As soon as the line opens up, we'll get the next caller up. And finally... I know the regulars like to get in, folks. I want to make sure I give other people a chance here. So if you're a regular, you know, get in once a week, twice. If, if you see we got a show and there's not a lot of calls, that's fine. But I want to try to give time to some of the other folks to get in and make a lot of the points that they want to do about the draft and the offseason and then the team and the Super Bowl and all that stuff. So just something to keep in mind as we go forward here. All right, Jeff, let's mm-hmm. go to the phones at 973-667-1960. Caller, you're on the air. What is your name, and where are you calling from? Hey, am, am I on? This is Charlie from Portland. <laughs> and, Charlie, you are the number one culprit in my little statement. I'm, I'm not even joking. Seriously. I know. This is the first day. This is the first day of the week, right? I, I understand. Yes, I, I, I understand. That's all I'm going to call is twice a week, if that. Okay, perfect. So, all right. Hey, <laughs> I just I think it was a great trade for the Rams because I think with Stafford, I think they can get to the Super Bowl. Whether they can win it, I don't know. But he's definitely a smart quarterback. He's a good quarterback. And Detroit, I don't think, why would they pick a quarterback when they got Goff? I, I just don't see them wasting a pick. Because, Goff, because got... Goff's not their future quarterback. Why? Why would they trade for him then and pay all that money? Because that's how they. they got picks. Oh, Charlie, I just explained it. Did you not listen to the first twenty? You were on hold. <laughs> they took Goff so they could get more in return. If they didn't take Goff, they wouldn't have gotten the three picks. Right. Mm. But they. So you think Detroit thinks this guy stinks and is terrible and and they don't want him? No, no. That's, that's what you're telling me. That doesn't mean no. That that doesn't no. They're, Charlie, see, you know, this is why you annoy me sometimes. There's something called <laughs> nuance, and there's an in-between. Okay. Just because right. they don't see him as their quarterback for the next 10 years doesn't mean yeah. that they think he stinks and he's garbage. There's something in between those two things. So they got to pay but him, so they, like, they thought something of him. Right, Charlie, yeah, they're on the hook like, to pay him $50 million the right. next two years no matter what. Right, and you just said, Jeff, that the GM was part of the Rams and he knows Goff. So why do you think they're going to be going after a quarterback in the first round? They're not, John. They won't. I guarantee you. I didn't say they were going to, Charlie. I just said that they have the seventh pick and that maybe they might. I mean, hey, they could draft one of these guys and sit him for a couple years. Charlie, the point is that they're not going to say to themselves, we just traded for Jared Goff so we don't have to draft a quarterback. If there's a quarterback there that they really like at seven and they don't pick that player, they're silly. And frankly, they're not going to have success as a franchise. Oh, I think they'll pick somebody, but it won't be first round, maybe second or third. But anyway, that's not why I uh, called, but I just thought I'd throw that in. Okay. Hey, uh, watching the uh, Senior Bowl, I thought that, uh, I don't remember his last name, but his first name was Felipe, and he was Felipe a quarterback. Felipe Franks. Yeah, he was from what, North Carolina State or somewhere like that. But uh, I thought he played pretty well. Uh, I don't know what I I didn't watch the whole game, but I just he was mobile. He was pretty accurate in his throws. In fact, he made one throw rolling out and had to throw a little bit across his body and hit a guy, um, you know, on the sideline, which I thought was a good. So I thought this guy could be intriguing. Franks um, is one of these guys. He's from Arkansas. He's very toolsy. Right. So you know he's got the ability to make some throws. He's mobile. He's got what you like, but. 
he's just not very consistent. The the decision making is suspect. So I understand why you saw stuff. You're like, oh wow, that that's interesting. But if you watched him throughout practice during the week, there were also some throws. You're like, oh boy, I don't know if this guy has any idea what he's doing. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Boy, by the way, I'm watching NFL Network right now, and they have a live shot of the beach with some like shirtless dude just running up and down the beach. And I am so, I am so jealous. Not, not, not that I want to hang out with the shirtless dude, but that it's warm enough, and there's a beach there that you can like run up and down. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. Wow. Hey, 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 what you got is coming up here. We're getting it uh, tonight and tomorrow, so. We're supposed to get seven to twelve inches. Probably it'll be more than that. that but that that's not bad, man. The, Jeff know, and I are supposed I to know. get eighteen to twenty four. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. We've already no, got I I think we've already got at least a foot of snow where I'm at right now. Yeah. So Hey yeah, I, I, John, I just shovel too. I don't have a snowmobile. Not a snowmobile, but a snowblower. Actually I I, I, I bet one. you there are a lot of snowmobiles in Maine, right? There's gotta be a lot of snowmobiles oh, yeah. going around up there, right? Oh yeah, there is. There definitely <laughs> is. Hey, and the other thing I just want to say to Jeff, I, I happened to catch the hula bowl, talking about nice places to be, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there's a punter there. The guy was huge, and he was playing for the, I think it's the West team, the, the red shirts guys. Anyway, he uh, he's a really good punter. I don't remember his name, but he was booming them. He was booming them uh, all over the place. Yeah, there was one punter. It was um his name. He had a really nice punt, Charlie, and uh, Max Duffy from Kentucky. And he put some nice backspin on it, Jeff. It landed right at the five. It bounced backwards, and it got downed at the nine. You would have been very impressed with that punt. I'm impressed with it just talking about it. I didn't even have to see it. <laughs> Anything inside the ten, I'm good with. Good for him. Hey, I got a, I got a new kick for you, Jeff. Hmm. You should teach this to Zach. Oh, goodness. Oh, Ahead, Charlie. <laughs> Quickly, Charlie. It's it's called the uh, the uh, Zyro. Oh, it has a name now. What is it called? Yeah. So it's the uh, um, Zyro. The you know Zyro. the Zyro kick. Okay. And so what you do is you spin the ball, and then when it drops, you kick it. So it's already spinning, and so when you kick it, it's already got an extra spin to it, and you can do mm. it clockwise or counterclockwise. And then it really takes a great. And where did you see this? At what cartoon? A gyro, a gyro kick. That's what I call it. Gyro, gyro. (laughs) you know, like a gyro. Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you didn't name it after the sandwich. (laughs) By the way, and if the ball has a Jeff, I'm not a punter, obviously, but you you tell me if a ball has a really heavy spin on it when it hits your foot. Doesn't that make it really hard to control? Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, I thought, I thought that it year. does. And unfortunately, I'm having this vis- I'm having this visual of Charlie sitting in a cave watching punting videos somewhere in Maine. It just doesn't make sense to me how he's so intrigued about that. Well, you know, Jeff, you know, <laughs> if you really want Zach to take his game to the next level, maybe you should send him up to Maine for a couple weeks to That's train. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He'll come back with some lobster instead. You know. Uh, it, but they they do it, it's uh, again it's the Australian kick and it's the rugby kick they have all these different kicks. Um, Sam Cook from the Ravens I wrote read an article about him maybe about four or five years ago. He said he has ten punts, ten different types of kicks that he can he can uh, kick in a game. What did Brad Wing call that punt? That he oh, the boomerang. The boomerang. That's right. Yeah. He's Australian. That's right. Yeah. So there are there are and Charlie to your credit yes that is a kick. I don't know if it's called a gyro or a gyro. But there, there's the boomerang. There's a couple different ones, and actually, um, Riley Dixon kicks it in the game all the time. You just don't, if you're not looking for it, you wouldn't know it. Uh, I am. I look for it, so that's why I know. So it looks like they're doing like this is like the way Tom Brady. Right now, I have NFL Network on in my little, mm-hmm. you know, cave here in my little lair, and I have the <laughs> volume down obviously because we're doing the show. But based on the look on Tom Brady's face as he answers questions, my guess is that these Zoom calls today is what replaces Media Day. Oh, sure. Because he looks way too happy to be answering football questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't uh, well okay? So, but didn't typically like uh, Media Day is on a Tuesday? Yeah, yeah wasn't it, it? it usually is. But maybe look. Yeah, anything could change. Exactly. This year, all bets are off. So, and you know, John. We were talking about this the other day. I don't know if it was with you or with with. I think it was with you, and I was thinking about this over the weekend. And I was I wanted to make sure. I I am adamant about you know staying home for. I I would not want to stay home for the Super Bowl for that week leading into it. Really, there is no way. I was thinking about it more and more as I was driving this weekend. Why? 
I, it's just because as I was thinking about it, as we were talking about it, it was you and I, right? We talked about this. No, I think that was you and Paula. Wasn't it was me. Paul, yeah. you, okay. So you were listening yeah. because you were producing well, it, but half listening, <laughs> half listening, but I, I got more because it's just so exciting to be there because you know, you worked all your, all your life basically to get to this point. Some guys younger, some guys older, but you know, you, you get there to, during the week. And I got to thinking when we went to Phoenix, um, I remember they gave us a car. I had a car there that week. I, I, I was just kind of thinking of all this stuff. Well, Jeff, um, how else would you have gotten to the golf course if you didn't have your car there? <laughs> I did not play golf, John. <laughs> and by the way, it's, there was a golf course at the Oh, hotel, my God, they were right there. The There's two of them. <laughs> yeah, it's killing me. But I just think that it's so much fun to be able to just get caught up in all of the excitement. Now, I know that you won't have as much of it you as you did in the past because of COVID and none of the parties and things like that. But – Regardless, it's just it's fun waking up in the morning and getting a different schedule every day. You know, some days you practice earlier and you have media in the afternoon and vice versa. Um, it's just I think you get to hang with the team more. You're around the players and the staff and it's just fun. It's like a week vacation that ends in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, rather than staying home like this right now, can you imagine if, the, if, if we're playing and you're in the Giants and the game is in in Tampa Bay? And you were sitting here today looking at this. And that just killed you looking at the guy with shirtless on the beach. Can you imagine if you're a player and you, you've got 24 inches of snow on the ground and you're supposed to be in Tampa? Oh, that would kill me. Absolutely kill me. There you go. There's my rant. 973-667-1960. Works for me, Jeff. The New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab test through Quest Direct to get the health answers. You need most. Let's go to the next caller. Cole, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Peter from the sunny Florida Keys. Hey, Peter. How are you doing? Another person to get me and Jeff very annoyed. Yeah, another Hi, guy. Peter, yeah. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, I had a question for Jeff. And sure. then I had a little point that I was thinking about over the last few days. Sure. So, Jeff, uh, I called about a month ago, and we had a talk about um, as a player gets older, Mm-hmm. that you have to kind of change your game to kind mm-hmm. of continue in the league. What I thought was interesting, I wanted to ask you about, you had said after, I forgot, maybe seven, eight, nine years, you had said that you had to change mentally how you thought about the game. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. I thought maybe physically you needed to do something different, but I was kind of wondering why you were thinking mentally you got to do something. Sure, it's a good question because, you know what, I think you plateau. I think eventually you know, you're, you're, you're able to – physically do the, do what you need to do. Right? And I'll just compare it to punting. You know, I, I could put the ball where I wanted to. You know, I could do things that I wanted to with the football and become consistent enough to stay in the league. But I think there's a point when you all of a sudden say, you know what, how do I get to that next level? What is the next level? And at that point, it was a Pro Bowl for me. You know, I'd never been to the Pro Bowl. So I wanted to get to that echelon where players and coaches respected me at a, at a level of a Pro Bowl player. So it wasn't physically – or anything like that. It's it's something mentally. I had to I had to get to the next plateau, and that mentally was how to stay in games, how to stay focused, and to be better at my craft and being able to do things like that. And then, by the way, after you can achieve that, you put that physically and mentally together, you be able to play even longer. And then, as you get really older, like I was, then you have it mentally. You just don't have it physically anymore. So now you got to find a way to physically get better. <laughs> This is, not many guys play as long as I did, so they don't really ever get to that point. And that's why you're going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, Jeff. Well, thank you. you I appreciate it. it. Thank you. So the other the other comment I wanted to throw out there was, you know, about a few months ago I fired my lawn guy. And one of the things I can't stand is doing yard work on Sundays. But listening to your BBK Live kind of gets me through that day. Good. So I was <laughs> – I was listening to one of the shows this Sunday, and we were talking about Evan Ingram. And, Jeff, you had a really interesting point where you think it might be a vision-type thing. So I did a little research. I dug pretty deep into that conversation that you guys had. It just so happens that night, my wife and I turned on the movie Major League, and uh, I thought it was quite eerie. I know it's a movie, but I did my my due diligence and my research. Mm -hmm. It looks like Ricky Vaughn kind of had a – similar similar type problem so idea one get this guy some glasses okay 
We can get them really cool glasses, like those black Clark Kent glasses. I'm <laughs> like, sure like, like, the, like, the, like the field goal kicker for the, for the uh, Colts. Rod Blankenship. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rodrigo Blankenship, yeah. yeah. That guy's awesome. I'm thinking he's going to jump into like a phone booth, come out, and be a different guy. <laughs> <I think. laughs> so I think that's only half the battle, Jeff. I think you're halfway there. I think what we have to do is figure out a really cool nickname for Evan Ingram, too. I think if we put the vision and the nickname, hey, it fixed Wild Thing Ricky Vaughn, maybe we're onto something here, bud. Hey, maybe he comes out and does all that, and next thing you know, he catches everything, and we can call him, like, you know, I don't know, Sticky Fingers or something. I don't know. I would love it. It's got to be something. But we, going back to what I was saying about mentally, you know, that sometimes it's just guys got to get mentally better. Physically, they have all the attributes, but their mind is, is so powerful. And, and, you know, I think that you look in the today's game, whether it's football, baseball, golf, you name it, swimming, anything, that you get to a point where you're doing these things professionally and you want it to be better. There's so much mental practice that goes into all of this. And I think that that could be something, too, that, that he could benefit from. One, I'm in favor of all major league references on, on any show. <laughs> yeah, but that's great. Basically, my, my favorite baseball movie give or take i mean you could argue you know the natural and field of dreams but you know major leagues i can watch major league anytime <laughs> any number of times and i will not stop laughing it's just it's so good it's the best uh and i'm happy that he asked for nicknames for evan ingram before or after charlie called rather than before because mm-hmm. you know charlie thinks he's the nickname master he is not mm-hmm. he thinks he is but he thinks he is yeah. interesting yeah, glasses in the NFL is a little bit tough. My guess is that he'd probably go with contacts if he had actually had some vision issues mm-hmm. um, because you don't see, you know. I imagine those things would probably fog up a little bit too, right, depending on on, on, on the type of goggles you would get. Yeah, and it's dangerous. I yeah. mean, the uh, blanket ship, he can wear them because he's a kicker, you know. But, I mean, yeah, glasses, you don't see many. I don't think you see anyone wearing glasses, you know. I mean, the, the visors are enough. Right. And I don't think they make those in, like, prescription. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't I know. You might be on to something, John. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think You know, I, your uh, next career. Uh, you know, there, there were, prescription visors. I should bring them one other piece of news that was out a little bit, Jeff, which I did not mention. Um, Tyke Tolbert, apparently, according to reports, getting interviewed for uh, the Vikings' vacant offensive coordinator spot. Now, Very he nice. had coached under Gary Kubiak in Denver. Back in the day. So he theoretically could continue that system. So, again, Giants have not confirmed that. That is not official. We're not reporting that. But that was an NFL Network report. So I just wanted to throw that out there in terms of um, Tyke getting that interview. And Tyke's a great dude. So, um, yeah, obviously, yeah. We, you know, wish the best. And, you know, he's a guy that's been around the league a while. Sure. And, um, you know, and he knows offenses. And uh, that would be great. You know, all these coaches want to – it's stepping stones, right? You come in, you start – you start low and build your way up, and um, eventually it's it's a young man's game. And, you know, these coaches that are in their late 40s and early 50s, you know, their time's running out because the game is kind of passing them by nowadays. I mean, look at all these coaches that are getting hired as head coaches. They're all in their 30s. Unless you're the um... – Oh, the guy from Texans. Yeah, the Texans. 65. Right. <laughs> you know, so he's the guy that sets, sets everything off and screws it all up. You know, you throw the 65 in there. What you got to do, John, you got to take the highest and the lowest and kick them out. You know, and then you can take the uh, in-between and then do the averages or the mean from there. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of crazy. Yeah, I saw an article where there's a record, I think, since like 1970 of NFL coaches under 40 years old right now in the league. And it was the first time. Let me see if I can find find this story right now. Um, I don't see it offhand here. But I did see um, that this is like the most coaches that are under 40 that are head coaches since like 1972 or something like that. Yeah. I don't know how many coaches in 1972 were under, you know, age 40. There wasn't any. How right? young is too young, do you think, Jeff? How, or I'm is sorry? it a matter of, is it is, is there an age that's too young that, that you think for a guy to be ready to be a head coach? Or is it a matter of what experience they have? How do yeah, you I don't think that the, I don't think the age matters. I think it's the experience, you know. So I, I think that, um, and where they came from. You know, I mean, even, even this guy might have a, you know, I'm just saying whoever it is, might have a great offensive mind. But, you know, if he's on a staff or, or a, team that's not doing well well first of all he wouldn't have been able to be interviewed and got that job if he wasn't doing something but I I think the the biggest thing here to me John is that the league itself is young and the way that these guys are coming in I think one of the advantages 
that I see with having a young coach, preferably young like a guy that's maybe just out of college and maybe been in the pros for two or three years, is that he understands and knows a lot of the players that are coming into the league because he recruited them all. So I, I think there's a connection there. And I think that, you know, as, as Tom Coughlin kind of went through this when he was with the Giants and, you know, his kind of attitude and the way that he did things at the beginning, he had to change. And that was because the league was different. He couldn't do that hardball stuff anymore. The players just don't adapt to it. They don't respond to it. So I think the younger coaches, John, I think have a relatively easier time with the younger guys because they kind of relate to them. They understand texting. They understand social media. They understand the way that things that these guys are, you know, the DNA that they come from. And, you know, if, you, if you're an older coach, a 65-year-old coach, I don't think you're going to get it as much. You know, you're going to have to learn that stuff, which, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 50s, and I, I don't particularly like to learn all this social media stuff. You see how active I am on social media, zero. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a chore for me to retweet the, the show every day, John. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So. Anyway. 973-667-1960. We do have an open line if you want to get in and talk some Giants football with us. You certainly can. Uh, we have shows all week this week, by the way, at noon, leading up to the Super Bowl, which is, of course, on Sunday, our final game of the year. And then, Jeff, I guess we can just, you know, pull the plug and go right into, you know, draft prep, which is all you yeah. have. And we have free agency, which comes first, obviously. Well, the salary cap set, they're saying somewhere around 180 is where they think it's going to land which would still be almost a $20 million drop from last year, which is interesting. Uh, one thing I want to bring up with you, we kind of talked about Matthew Stafford earlier, right? How do you think this now impacts the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes? Ted, the Texans, the Nick Casario, their new general manager, saying basically we don't want to trade this dude. So how do you think that plays out? You know, we've seen this a million times in the NBA where a team can be stubborn. I don't want to trade this guy. I don't want to trade this guy. Do it always eventually happens. The guy gets traded. So – do you think Houston figure out, figures out a way to, to hang on to him? Do you think it's going to take like a blowaway offer and that's going to make, you know, what teams are offering, you know, maybe even go up and, and, and become even more impressive just to convince Houston to trade him at all? How do you see what happened with Stafford impacting Watson and how that's going to move forward here? Well, I think what's going to impact it is what, what the Lions got for, um, you know, what they got, the, the, the draft picks. They got two first-round draft picks. So, and that was for... Um, Matthew Stafford. A 32-year-old Matthew. Actually, I think he just turned 33. Actually. So, regardless, I mean, he's eight or nine years uh, older than Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, Stafford, you know, I think he's been to one one Pro Bowl, maybe, two. But, you know, here's a 25-year-old three-time Pro Bowl player in Deshaun Watson. So, the, the stakes are high. Now, here's the other thing. I, I know this because there's just guys that, you know, if you don't want to be on a team, you're never going to be on the team. <laughs> you, you want out, you're going to get out um, somehow because I know Deshaun Watson is, you know, he makes a lot of money. He just signed a new contract, I mean, months ago. And I, I just feel like he can hold his position here. And um, I just feel like, you know, the teams can say all they want, but the problem is is that you got a player that doesn't want to gonna play for you. I was also reading um, on the Monday morning uh, quarterback – who uh, King? What's his name? Um, uh, well, P Peter King does football Peter morning King, in America, yeah. and Albert Breer does Monday morning quarterback. Now. Okay, it's the, it's the uh, okay. I can't remember. I think it's Peter King who's right. And he was saying that you know, listen, I he can if he holds out, and you know, now the new CBA. I didn't know this, John. The new CBA that you could no longer uh, rescind the fines for sitting out anymore. Remember, the teams would say, you know, a guy would sit out in training camp. If you hold three. out, you're not getting that money back. You're not getting it back. And so by the time it goes all said and done through mini camps and training camps and, you know, this and that, it's, it's over two, three million dollars. But to him, I think it's not a matter of money. It's a matter of principle that they didn't do what they wanted. They said that they were going to do and, and put, involve him in the process. And so I think it's tarnished. I think it's over. I think it's over. And I think Nick is a Casario. Is that how you say his name? Um, the general manager for, for Houston, John, how do you say his last name? Cause, Nick cause, Casario. Casario. Mm -hmm. I think he's in a, he's in a rock. He's, he's it's in a tough position because, you know, you don't want to be that general manager that trades Watson and he goes to like five Super Bowls, you know, but I, I don't think he has a choice. Now he's just going to have to sit tight and see what he can get for him. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. Do and you I think, think, do you think he'll leave? Yes. 
I do too. I think eventually, yeah. when you look, Deshaun Watson's the leader of your team, right? You can't have the leader of your team not want to be there, right? I, it, it just in the NFL, it just doesn't work. And, and there's frankly, guys even the, in the NBA, it doesn't work. And there's guys on the team telling him to go. Yeah, I know. We don't need you here. And by the way, do we know that JJ Watt wants to be there long term? I don't think he does either. So no. you have your leader on offense and your leader on defense, both two of literally the best players in the league at what they do that want to get out of there. And mm. the Texans have already traded so much draft capital. Maybe it makes sense for them to kind of do what Detroit's doing, right? And yeah. just completely blow it up and start over. Now, well, I will never say you should get rid of a 25-year-old top five quarterback. Sure, but and he doesn't want to be there. Right, but they're getting put in a situation here where they might not have a choice. But if they want to play hardball, I understand the two Watsons that good. You want to make sure you don't lose him for nothing. I get that. So, I mean, you not lose him for nothing, but lose him at all. I get that. So, you want to play hardball with them? I think that's fair. You know, people sign contracts. They should honor those contracts and all that, and all, and all that jazz. So... It is what it is. I think it'll be interesting to see how, how it winds up. But that that that's going to be the big deal. And the funny thing about the Stafford trade, and we do have a call I want to get to real quick, Jeff, yep. that the Rams were not really one of the teams that were being mentioned for Watson. So not like it's not like it took one team out of the running for Watson. Sure. Yeah. You still have all those same teams that needed a quarterback before the Stafford trade still need a quarterback today. See, I, and by the way, I still think this was all. I think this was all premeditated. I think this is all. This was all arranged when Holmes left. I think him and McVeigh said to each other, "Hey, you know what? When you go to Detroit, and we know that, that the new coach there is not going to want the quarterback that's there, but I want him. Let's get something done soon." Jeff, that's I, tampering. That doesn't happen in the National Football. Yeah, it doesn't happen. I'm just saying that it might have. <laughs> Here's the other thing about Houston. How about if you if if you're if you're the GM there? And you got this problem on your hand where your number one, your number one player in offense and defense want to leave you. How does that set for that? Doesn't it doesn't bode well for getting players to come to your organization? No, no it does not. <laughs> so, I mean, he isn't like I said. He's between a rock and a hard place. He is in a very difficult situation. Yeah, and look, and, and and they changed everybody, right? It's a new GM, new head coach, so it's not like they're not starting over. So you would hope that maybe a new culture, a new environment can entice them. I'm sure that's what they're hoping, right? And I'm hoping that the coach does well there. But, I mean, again, I guess we don't know a lot of the names of these new coaches anyways. But, I mean, I, I would think that I would think they would have done a little bit you know, younger. I don't know. Maybe he's a heck of a football coach. We'll find out sooner or later. Let's get to the call. Sorry, John. No, that's okay. And I look, <clears throat> I think they hope that the new culture they're putting and the new program they're putting in with mm. the coach and GM convince Watson to stay. But if there's no offseason program that he's going to be a part of, he's not going to understand what that's all about anyway. So, yeah, I'm just not sure what the path forward is there. 973-667-1960. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery. The new X series of scratch-offs in the New York Lottery. Multiply your winnings up to 100 times. Please play responsibly. Let's go back to the phones. Call you're on the air. What is your name and where are you calling from? Yeah, hi. Phil from North Carolina. Hi, John and Jeff. Hi, Phil. Hi, Phil. How are you? Good. Thanks for the show. Appreciate sure. it. Uh, I'm a, uh, I probably complained about this many times. A positional value draft guy and a move down guy so two things that we historically haven't done here you know mm -hmm. and or at least currently or in the past with this regime uh, although i have to give them you know good props for middle rounds uh but those are two things that are important so coming with this draft i tell you i'm okay if if the best guy on the on the board is is one of those offensive tackles. I think there's two or three that are – it's not like last year, but there's two or three that seem to be kind of come to the to the mm -hmm. top there. Yep. I'm Rashawn okay Slater and – yeah, yeah. The, just for the fans that don't know, the two quarter – the two offensive linemen that t tend to be the two top guys off the board often in the top ten are Penny Sewell from Oregon, who's a straight-up tackle. He set out this year. And then the other player also sat out this year. That's Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Some people see him as a tackle, but they also believe that he can move into guard. So, the, so those are the two players that that Phil's talking about. Right. So, so you know, that is a little concern that they sat out this year. But I, I'm I'm fine with getting you know just keep on putting resources into this offensive line, and because uh, I I think you know we have right now as we stand. We're projecting improvement. Uh, we think we saw improvement, but we don't know for sure. So the only way to really nail this thing down is 
I feel we need more resources. I have I no problem. No, Phil, look, this is how I look at it. If I'm sitting there at number 11 and I decide that the number one player on my board is this Rashawn Because, look, Penny Sewell's not getting there at 11, okay? He's just not. So if I'm sitting there at 11 and this, and this guy, Rashawn Slater, is the top-graded player on my board, I'm probably going to take him, and I don't have a problem with that. Because he can play multiple positions. Jeff, we talked about this last week, right? Mm-hmm. He can. All those young guys aren't going to hit. So I don't mind putting more resources mm-hmm. into it either. If he's there and he's the best player on your board and is not particularly close, pick him. I'm but fine you, with that. But you got to build your board with authenticity. Yes. You got it with, with, and, and you got it in integrity. <laughs> I mean, you, when you build that board and it's sitting on the, on the, on the wall and you got a numbered one to whatever – and you're sitting at number 10 and your 11th guy is still there, you know, you can't waver. you got to say, okay, I'm going to take him. And if it's an offensive tackle when you've got an abundance of them, if you think, you got to take him. That's, that's your theory. And, again, I would worry about picking a straight tackle. But if you could pick a guy like Slater who could play different positions and well, you could put him where you need him, then I would be much more in favor of that. Well, like, and we've talked about this before. You know, if that's your guy and you can move him in because the guard position is something that, you know, there are there – are, uh, salary cap casualties, as we call it, in the business. And I'm just telling you things can happen. And so, you know, you're going to know that going into the draft. You're going to know where your draft, where your, where your salary cap sits and what you got to do to sign some of your guys that, you know, in free agency is going to be gone by then. So you're going to know what happened to Leo and you're going to know what happened to Tomlinson. They're either on your team or they're not. So, I mean, you're going to be able to have those, those conversations when you're sitting there getting ready to pick at 11. But – it's a good call, and it's a good question, and I think that the Giants have their opinions on what they're going to do, and we'll know it. Now, we'll I'll say, if they have a, two players there, and one's an offensive lineman, one's an edge rusher, and they both have the same grade, that, then I'm taking the edge rusher. Well, so, see, that's right. why I said there's. Your, that's why I said you got to be, you know, make sure, because a lot of times you do have those, and they have, by the way, you have differences of opinions in the room. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And and I, I can, you know this, John, there's been many times when that situation has come up you got an offense and a defensive player that are ranked about the same. You know, who makes the call? And that's usually when the owner comes in, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? But it'll yeah, be interesting. So the tiebreaker, the tie yeah, I agree with you, John. If the tiebreaker in that case would be that, uh, the edge rusher. But, you know, so the formula is like, you know, the best player, in my view, positional value, and, and then the last would be, you know, need. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with that. Try, and the, like you gave a really good example the other day, like or or and maybe it was uh, Paul or, or something. Or it was John. Lance. It was <laughs> definitely, <me>. absolutely. In <laughs> one with the grade was it was it was probably John. One was like eight point five, and the other was a nine. Was that yesterday? Yeah, I don't know. And uh, and so what? What you know? Difference would you pick? Pick the guy, and, and and so I totally agreed with that frame of you know that thinking. So, all right, guys, thanks a lot. I'm hoping for a nine and seven year, and uh, let's go Giants. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, Jeff, you're right. What are you doing over there? Uh, the picture just fell. <laughs> Sorry. Whose picture? Did you hear that? Yeah, I, I did hear that. It was quite uh, loud. <laughs> I was actually just moving a picture on my. It looked like it was about ready to fall. Excuse me. Let me just put it down. There we go. Whose um, picture was it of? It's actually a Zach. Okay. He's holding a. A dogfish. You know what a dogfish I, is? I have no idea what a dogfish is. A dogfish is, is like the, they're. Is it a dogfish a type of beer? <laughs> well, yes, it is. <laughs> but the, but he's young. He's not holding a dogfish beer. He's holding a real dogfish. Dogfish. When we lived in Seattle, we used to go fishing and we used to catch these these sharks. And they're small, little little tiny sharks. They're pain in the neck. They're called dogfish. They're little tiny sharks. And he's holding it. Okay. That's, that's the curious. picture that just fell. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. No, but dogfish is, is by the way is a, is a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Nine se- not a sponsor, by the way. Nine seven three six six seven. I only get in trouble. Maybe for that. one day. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Uh, we probably don't have any more time for calls. I don't know why I just gave the number, but anyway, it's what a number. Show. Calls tomorrow at noon if you want, folks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or or ship us some dogfish if you want. We'll yeah. take it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, either the beer or the fish, for that matter. Um, uh, beer, no fish. <laughs> I wouldn't need a dogfish if you paid me. All right, Jeff. So before we say goodbye here, let me throw one more thing out to you before mm-hmm. we say goodbye here. Uh, one thing that you're keeping an eye on Super Bowl week as we get closer to game time. Uh, Remmers and uh, Spags. There you go. 
Can, my... can you get to elaborate a little bit? <laughs> uh, my my, I I think that it's going to be. I think that Spags. Well, here's the thing. I think that Shaq Barrett, okay, or JPP are going to be one of the MVPs of the game. Um, so that means you think the Bucks are winning this? Um, I do. Uh-huh. I do. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I saved this for the last minute. Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> What are you on next this week? You're on with Paul on Thursday. Okay, folks, for more on Just Prediction, (laughs) tune in on to Thursday at noon. I'm just kidding. What do you got? No, I I think that I think there's a battle there that, you know, with Remmers playing, I I think that those guys are I think that Smags is going to mix it up a little bit. Um, And I think that, you know, listen, it's going to be a good game. I have I hope it is. But I just think that that uh, Spags has got something. I really do, and and by the way, now remember, Spags only beat Brady the one time. I know, but, but here's the thing: I'm not going to put a lot of credence in that, but I will put credence in this. As much as I hate to say this, because I cannot stand him, the guy is in his tenth Super Bowl. I mean, that is ridiculous. Yeah, he's pretty good. And that Tom Brady, and I just feel like you know he is a man on a mission this year to get that Super Bowl without Belichick, and he may just ride off into the sunset and say, you know. He's you know not what retiring. <laughs> no, there but, is no way he's no, retiring after I know. this year. But and he I'm shouldn't, just, by the way, because he's still really good. I'm, but maybe that's what he wants to do. He just wants to show people that he can do it. And he, once he's did it, then they can't take it away from him. And you know what? Then he moves on. But that's kind of where I'm going with it. And, you know, Thursday show, I'll give you a little bit more. All right. That's what you call a tease in the business, folks. Thanks <laughs> for tuning in to Big Blue Kickoff Live. Presented by the new X-Series of Scratch-Offs from the New York Lottery. Multiply your winnings up to 100 times. Please play responsibly. And, of course, Big Blue Kickoff Live is part of the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. You can find the archive of this show and all of our shows, including the recent Giants Huddle with Matt Miller. It's up there on Giants.com slash podcast, your favorite podcast platforms, and on the Giants mobile app. For Jeff Eagles, I'm John Schmelk. Thank you so much for being with us on today's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Enjoy your shoveling, everybody. Mm-hmm. We'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully, Jeff's and I's backs will be intact. <laughs> exactly. Until then, stay Take safe. Care.